0: Welcome to the Console DevTools podcast, a show all about interesting developer tools. I'm David Mitton, co-founder of Console.
1: And I'm Jean Young, CEO of Akita Software, an API observability startup. In each episode, we'll discuss two interesting developer tools. We're keeping this to 15 minutes, so let's get started.
0: Our first tool this week is AutoMerge. This is a JSON-like data structure for concurrent writes. It's an open source project and essentially allows you to build against the idea of local first software. Now this was an academic paper that was published from Cambridge University a couple of years ago, but it essentially builds out the idea of a conflict-free replicated data type or CRDT, which means it makes it easier for you to build in versioned access into data structures so the data can live locally and it maintains a history of all the changes making it very easy to then sync and the goal for this is to allow collaborative text editing it allows for the idea of functional reactive programming but really the reason why i like it is the philosophy behind local first software which includes seven different principles, which I won't go through all of them, but my favorite of them are the ability to work locally so that you are storing and controlling your own data and that it doesn't have to work with the network. And the reason for this is just the ability to control the data that you're generating. A good example for me personally is my notes. I keep a lot of notes in plain Markdown format and I sync them using SyncThing. Means I can edit them in Vim on Linux, I can use Vim on any server or on Mac as well. But on Mac I can also use more native application. And really it just gives me as the user choice, which I think is something that developers should try and build into their applications. You know, interestingly, for this data type is it's implemented in JavaScript. And so my question for Eugene, as our resident programming expert, is why is JavaScript becomes so popular, and then is JavaScript the right language to implement an in-memory data structure um, in particular? uh, Because when you actually tell AutoMerge to enforce all the guarantees it provides, it has a significant performance impact. So what did you think?
1: Yeah, these are these are great questions I often ask myself. The first one a lot, how did JavaScript become such a popular language? I remember in the mid 2000s I was just starting out as a developer and I was seeing the rising popularity of JavaScript but at the time there's still a chance that JavaScript wouldn't become the dominant language. So I remember I had this internship at Google in 2007 and we would sit around at lunch and talk about what are the alternatives. What we really imagined was something WebAssembly like. So you know that that still has a chance. But we were like, well, browsers just have to run something else and then it's okay. But, you know, it just, it seems like browsers run JavaScript. Everyone writes things in the browser. And so JavaScript has become the assembly of the newest operating system that's the hottest. That said, it it seems like many apps are becoming increasingly native to the browser. And so JavaScript does Well, a JavaScript-based language does seem to be the language that makes sense for something like this. I guess the alternatives would be TypeScript, as we talked about a little bit before this, which fewer people use. So I feel like really JavaScript is just for reach. You could also do something like this, I guess, on top of WebAssembly. But again, you're limiting your reach. So it seems like if you're doing this, I'm not familiar enough with the performance implications of um, using something like TypeScript instead if, if that's much better I would doubt it I mean the choice of language makes sense but David I had a question for you because the examples that you use make a lot of sense you know it's great to be able to have local first Google Docs or local first something else but how many developers are going around starting with local first as something they would do you know like how is this GitHub library for local first development so popular? Is it curiosity? Are people, you know, because this has what, like over 10K stars. So are people just like very excited about this? Are lots of developers using it? What are they using it for? Is it commercial products? I was, I was very curious about these questions.
0: It's very much an aspirational philosophy. I think we've all come from the era of files on your desktop, files locally, and that has now moved to, well, not even files. Like With the Google Doc, there is no file. Even if you sync them using a a local Google Drive client, if you open up the file, it's just a, a JSON snippet that has the URL to Google's interface. And you get The advantages of that, because it means everyone can edit on the very latest version of the document. Despite Microsoft's efforts, Google Docs still is better for collaboration, for real-time collaboration. And so just having those features that are available in the browser, it makes a lot of sense to start there. But then you do lose some of the control. You can't back up the files, just because there aren't any files, they don't exist. You can't store them somewhere else. You can't archive them. And as services change over time or get shut down, then you risk losing your data. And so that local first approach is really about giving the control back to the user, I think. But Mm -hmm. is it too much of an aspiration?
1: Yeah, that was my question. So I couldn't tell how realistic this implementation was because they were using SQLite. I mean, it's one of those things where someone makes like a cool new language, everyone stars it, everyone plays with it on the weekend, but people generally aren't using it in production. Like, is this particular library something that's getting used in production? And also just generally, you know, how often is local first getting used in production and are they using this kind of
0: library? It's basically an assumption now that you have internet access, really, isn't it? The files are available through whatever web interface you're using. There are very few applications these days that actually work on local files. Apart from Microsoft Office, perhaps, and maybe design files, but even there with Figma online and the ability to do all the collaboration in the browser, just the idea of having local software doesn't seem to be meeting with the requirements of startups and people who are actually building projects.
1: Yeah, well, it also seems like local support is something you do last. And so I'm I'm curious about local first, because... I feel like if I were building a product that were a collaborative tool, I would build the in-browser in browser fully online version first because I have the most control. And then the more you do locally, like the less visibility you have as a tool developer, the less feedback you're getting. And so it seems like it's sort of the on-prem equivalent of consumer software. I, I don't know. Local first seems to be the opposite of how I would want to develop and test a tool.
0: I would say that developers will be used to get, which is local first. Yeah, that's you that's You clone a good the point. repository, you do all the work locally, and you push things, and that is kind of how local-first philosophy is trying to approach things, or at least with with this library is providing an easy way for developers to implement that kind of workflow, but. Using Git as an example, I think, is probably a bad idea just because it's such an unusual piece of software and Mm. the use cases are very specific to text files and generally development.
1: Right, right. Well, I guess something like Dropbox is also local first.
0: Yeah. All right, our second tool is Polypane, a browser testing tool. Now, Gene, you've already thought about suggesting this to your team to adopt it, so why don't you explain what you liked about it?
1: Yeah, so Polypane is a really neat tool. So, the idea is that if you're doing front end development, testing across different browsers, different browser sizes, different form factors is quite tricky. This is something I've run into a bunch with my company, Akita. And what Polypane does is it's this new browser, I guess, that lets you test different panes side by side. So, you download Polypane and you get to manage different browser views all side by side so you can see how your page is going to look across different experiences all at once. This is built on Chrome, so the dev tools are available. They also have a bunch of really neat plugins. I admit I haven't tried yet, but you know, like they have accessibility testing, they have some chaos testing. They have a bunch of front-end testing built in. And so I run this startup. We actually have no dedicated front-end people in our team right now. Quick plug, we are trying to hire one. So <laughs> talk to us if this is something you like. But um, over the last couple of years, I've done a bunch of testing for both our main site and our web console for our application. And this multiple browser thing is a pain because there's stuff that looks good in a small window, but not good in a big window. Sometimes, you know, for some of the things they'll implement it, assuming that developer is going to have a a vertical window open. But like, for instance, for all my demos, it's actually horizontal window and it looks completely different. And so we do work a little bit with a designer who helps us with some of this. So I I feel like a good designer kind of has the different views in their heads, but implementing it, it, things turn out totally different. It's always super time intensive and very manual to test different browser sizes Testing in the front end in general is a huge pain. So, you know, we're too small to have a QA team. We sometimes will do like an all team bug bash where we all just use the front end. I am really excited about this, like centralized front end testing. I've never seen anything that, you know, has so many of the front end gotchas all in one place. I was looking at the quotes on the website where people said, look, this improved my productivity more than any other front-end tool I used. And again, we don't have any dedicated front-end people on our team, so maybe front-end people have the whole thing they do. But it seems like this automates and makes less manual, a lot of that. So I'm super excited.
0: It's a really streamlined way of doing testing across multiple screen sizes. It is running multiple Chrome instances, so I found it a little CPU intensive, even on my M1 MacBook, but I thought that it made a lot of sense, particularly being able to inspect element simultaneously across panes, that was pretty useful because you can see how things are changing as the resolution is different. And like you said, the the chaos functionality where you can randomly drop out network access or inject CSS and disable images, the accessibility assessments in it were pretty useful as well. But the thing that stood out to me is that this is Chrome, obviously, because it's multiple instances of Chrome. But how long is Chrome going to keep the market share for? I suppose years and years ago, Internet Explorer was the one that we all had to try and make work. And I think it's good that Chromium as an open source project is being adopted. But where's the competition for the web renderer?
1: That's a good question and in fact a lot of our issues come from Safari <laughs> um or you know like a, a lot a lot of our front end issues actually come from non chrome browsers so one of my questions was how well does this technique extend to non chrome browsers I love the abstraction of having multiple Chrome windows in a single pane. I love the the automation opportunity of being able to test across all of your views at once. I I think, you know, as someone who's thought a lot about automating backend tests, it's always blown my mind that front-end testing is so manual. I asked around a bunch, people were just like, yeah, this is really, you know, this is just how it is. And so... To me, I think the abstraction that they introduce of have all of your pains at once, test automatically across all of them, rely on automatic testing, automatic analysis, lint to your front end, as well as your back end. I love it. I really don't know enough about browsers to know how, um, how transferable some of this stuff is. But yeah, I agree that seeing a couple of data points of extending beyond Chrome would be really cool.
0: All right. Well, that's it for this week. Please let us know what you think on Twitter or by email. I'm at David Mitten on Twitter and links are in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to the weekly DevTools newsletter at console.dev.
1: Yeah, I'm at Jean Kessler on Twitter with a Q. You can also follow Akita Software at Akita Software for the latest in API observability, understanding your systems from the outside. And I will see you next week.
0: See you next week.